0: Welcome to I Haven't Seen It, the podcast where we try and explain the plots of movies we haven't seen. Um, my name is Nick Schoenfeld, and today I am joined by Nilly Zadok. Hello. And James Kirkland. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy! The next film I want to talk to you guys about, or I actually want to hear from you guys about, um, is Dogtooth. Mm. Oh. <clears throat> 1914.
1: Somewhere... On the shores of the Volga.
0: If you can explain to our listeners where the Volga is.
1: Do I need to explain to our listeners where the, one of the great rivers of the world are? No, our listeners know a little bit more about geography than your average Joes. I think I, get, I don't need to go on down with a minutiae. You're not oh, giving oh, us oh, enough what, credit, still, Nick. Is the Amazon <laughs> River? Oh, yeah. Where's oh, Mississippi? Where, where, where is that river? But, Nick, please. I'm trying to talk about this. movie. Okay, go ahead. 1914. On the shores of the Volga. In Russia. In fucking Russia, yes. Okay. A young boy, Yuri Tesmanov, is playing with a stick and a tire. Much like the cartoon image of what poverty-stricken people played with in the 1920s. Okay. And and he is wearing similar kind of rags. Is he alone? Are there there
0: other children that he's playing with, or is he a lonely
1: child? He is. he's, He's painfully alone. His father, Sergei, a stern man, you know, asphyxiated with a drink, as many Russians do, worked very hard, worked the land to his bones, just worked it raw. His mother, Svetlana, loving, you know, but uh, also worried, sick about what's going to happen in the future. There are dark storms on the horizon for Russia at this time, the storms, of course, of World War One. I. I was just going to really.
0: say, is this, a, is this a film that chronicles the rise of World War I? Is that where no. this is that where this is going? No, no, okay. no not at all, right. all. No, that's just the backdrop. Okay, okay. of course, the
1: World right. war one is, is raging. Okay, so, but this young child, as he's running on the bridge of the, he trips over something. What is this? It skins his knee. Ow! He's crying. No one comes to help. He's alone. The Beautiful shot, uh, beautiful cinematography here of the sky. You see the Disney storm. A lot of metaphors. A lot of symbols. But what does he find? He's Then he, he gets up on, he goes on his knees and he starts digging, 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 digging. And he, t- finds it and he finds something. He finds the Holy Grail.
0: As in the, the, okay. actual, the actual holy? The actual, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think a little bit bigger <laughs> deal than okay. Right. With the, I, I'm sorry. Does my mic keep cutting out? I said the Holy Grail, Nick. Okay? You're talking about the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail.
0: The, the holy Grail of Christ. That Cup Indiana of Christ. Jones correctly chose in that cave. That that one?
1: No, that was a movie, Nick. That okay. was a, that was this as well as a movie. But this movie was obviously made before Indiana Jones was made. So, and it, you know, again, Clearly. artistic license. Yeah, the cup of the carpenter was also like you know very right. tarnished. But in this case, it has a couple of more um, runes scratched on it. It's like a pagan thing. There's runes. There's some. It's bejeweled with strange crystals. It doesn't look like you know like King Arthur it was like like a pimp cup. It looks like an you know a nice. Hagen, like, carved cup.
0: The first bit of trivia that I'd like to give you guys is that the names of the children in this film are never given. Right, right. We I mean. never know the names of the children in this film.
1: Right, yes. Well, I, I, when I said Yuri Tesmanov, I, that's the actor who plays him, obviously.
0: Right, yes. Okay, actor, yeah. You know, so, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. He, of course, All plays right.
1: unnamed child number one. And when, when now, you guys— uh, he's always wanted a sister— uh, little no-name child, number one. Right. That was that's also his motivation. He's alone, his only child. You know, um, which is hard because he had to do a lot of work. You know, in 1914 it was before the birth of like the existence of of childhood really as a concept. Of course, as soon as your hands were able to hold a plow, he was in the fields working it with his father, to right. his bone, bleeding, sweating, tears.
0: Um, what happens then? He's found the Holy Grail. Then what? He loses it. Almost does he, immediately, does he, he
1: goes to the water. He wants to get a glass, and he's going to try to create. He's like, oh, "I will use this power of the of the Holy Grail to create a sister. I've always wanted a sister I can play with." Yes, so he knows he
0: that it dis- is the Holy Grail.
1: And yes, it has yes, obviously. There was no doubt. I mean, he had inner knowing. Once he touched it, it was a, you know, there was, he felt like it was a power object imbued with spirituality, with okay. power, with with ancient history, with the DNA of, of his ancestors, of, of the thing that has been searched for 2,000 years. You know, what Knight of the Crusades had tried to come home and was slain. He, we'll never know.
0: Is this he like a, is this like a, like a, like a sort of King Arthur kind of story? Is there a sword that he pulls out of a stone, or or, or, or what?
1: Or a sister that he pulls out of a stone?
0: That would be interesting. Is that what yeah. happens? A sister who pulls out of a stone?
1: That's no, not all. What happens? No, no it's completely off base.
0: <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, I mean, what? Will, does the sister like, come? Made,
1: made by children here? No, okay, so he's, he, he's so he drinks one sip of the water. Right. And he's like, I want a sister. And then he hears something, and he turns, and then the, the cup slips from his hand, falls into the Volga, and is rushed away. What does he hear? He hears the sound of the ground cracking open. He sees two hands come out of the ground like a zombie pulls herself from out the ground, and... It's his sister that he always wanted, but she has the teeth of a dog. <laughs> Somehow the message to God was a little confused or perhaps like, you know, it's kind of like a holy game of, of, of telephone and things kind of like he, he said sister, but then he kind of also was thinking about a dog.
0: So by, by, by the sounds of your plot explanation, this film is either very short or most of it is establishing his life, and then at the very end there is the the cup so maybe maybe if I give you no 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 this is the first two minutes
1: of well, the movie well, okay,
0: well, I'll go a little bit faster okay they I'll, don't, I'll give you yeah, they, I'll give you he, another... he
1: builds a raft for the sister they jump on the raft you know they escape they go down the Volga chasing the Holy Grail as they grow old
0: are they on the on they on the raft for like many years or or
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: okay what Uh, How about if I give you another little bit of... A little hint. According to the director, the cat was blind. Obviously.
1: Because uh, when when they... I mean, you you definitely tell from the scenes that the cat are in, you know, that... we, it's the, they, they run to the cat. There's a storm on the Volga. They're, on there, they're, about, they're like 35, 40 years old at this point, and they've been on it for a long time, chasing. This it's trail. a long river, and it's a very long river. Yeah. It's the river of life, really. I mean, we get down to it. It becomes very symbolic here, and they they see a cat swimming towards them. It's the most unusual thing they've ever seen in their life, like swimming really well, fast, quick, like it's just hauling. And they're like, "What is going on?" And the cat rare and it jumps onto the raft. Oh, but it's, it's a blind it's, cat it's obviously blind because it just doesn't <laughs> it's like it doesn't know what it's looking at you so know? a, like, like, so oh, a man, blind
0: cat swims yeah into this river directly towards you the raft smell them. you can smell them yeah okay.
1: it's mostly cats don't really use their eyes that much for their senses you know they have bit larger ears Olfactory senses. So, um, so yeah. So the cat is kind of their third wheel. He's he's, and it's a bit of a metaphor. To be honest, it's a bit of a metaphor for God, for like the blind scales of justice. The cat is, you know, and it's kind of like you measuring. it. so, eventually, when they pass, of course, they die of old age on the raft. Right. They pass over into the other side, and they see the blind cat portrayed as the Egyptian Anubis.
0: No. Does, it, does it help if I tell you guys that the director of this film is the amazing Yorgos Lantimos? Of course he directed this. this right. is dog, he's dog-toothed. Give, really. me, give me some other yeah. films that he's directed. Uh, there's almost too many to mention. Mm. This entire film was
1: shot on one lens.
0: Yeah, mm. the lens of
1: orthodox Russian orthodoxy. Right,
0: sorry, when I, mean, I say that's, it, and that's
1: I, the lens that it's coming from. I, it, 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 it is very interesting because it's, it, it the way it ties Russian Orthodoxy into the ancient Egyptian uh, religions via the mystery schools, I think it's kind of like I think Tim tripping over the Holy Gale is like a bit of like his initiation into kind of a secret
0: society. That's what I, that's my point of view. That okay. might be looking too deep. Okay, listeners, spoiler warning, if you do not want to know what this film is actually about or you want to go through life believing what you have just heard James Kirkland say, stop listening now. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. And because the algorithms really don't care if you love us or hate us, make sure to leave a review either way. All right. Back to the podcast. Uh, This film is called Dogtooth. It's from 1979. So far, so good. Yorgos Lantimos, he's genuinely an amazing director. He did um, The Lobster, he did The Favourite, um, and some other movies that I've now forgotten, but he's a really, really talented Greek director with a super, oh. super interesting look on the world. He's, you know, there's, there's certain directors who really, you kind of can recognize any movie they do because they have this slightly bizarre way of, of, of like, um, Ligue Besson is the same, right? He has, he has a particular view on the world and I, I think that's the yorgos uh, lantimos is the same so the plot of this film is really small it's a very very small film in the sense that mm-hmm. it is uh, in greece although i don't really think it's that important that it's in greece yeah. um, and there's mm-hmm. a very rich family who lives in a in a big house with very high walls surrounding it and the parents uh, are terrified Of what the outside world is and so they refuse to let their children ever go outside those walls so those children have no idea what the rest of the world is like and their entire uh, idea of the world is is based on what their parents tell them and in order to keep them in this uh, house the parents tell them the most horrible and bizarre things so they have this very strange sense of the world and the film is basically about how these kids, as they grow older, start to find cracks in that explanation. Um, and I don't want to say too much else because it's actually a really great film. That's is kind of what the film is about. Is it uh, in Greek? Uh, yes, yeah. it is in Greek. But there are subtitles. Right. Um, yeah. and it's well, that, you know, it's funny. I think
1: that my, uh, my, my explanation, my plot was actually very similar but kind of parallel because it seems to me that's the story of Gautama Siddhartha, the Buddha. Well, is it not, where he was kept behind these walls and told the world was too dangerous to go to by his father, the king. Yes. And he finally goes outside and he experiences like the pain and the smells, and he's like, oh, gosh. And then he goes through, of course, a course, of spiritual journey to sit under the Bodhi tree and become enlightened and realize a nirvana. And I I think I was doing that, but for more of a you know hermetic Christianity look at a thing. So uh, to me, uh, that's 10 out of 10. So wh- where does... Bo- Yes. No, my explanation was kind of more of a story of, like, like towards, like, it was definitely, like, a spiritual movie. Right. You see, it was, but, like, more, like, hermetic um, Christian point of view. And this movie, this Greek movie, seems to be describing exactly what the story of the Buddha is, uh, you know, in many sutras um, in Buddhist texts. Right. It describes exactly this, so. Where does the name dog come from? There's a connection to a, a Permatruth, Nick. I'm sorry, right. Nellie, what you were saying? Uh, no, I was curious what, Nick, in your in your, the plot that you describe, where does the name Dogtooth come from?
0: I don't want to say.
1: Right, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that would give away too much of the film. And in this podcast, there are certain films that I don't mind giving the spoiler to, but this one is actually really, really good. This episode was made possible by One Month Rails. Have you ever had masturbation so
1: good that you wish you had the orgasm for a month? That problem is now solved. At OneMonthRails.com, we email you an orgasm so powerful that it lasts for a full calendar month. How we do this is our proprietary chemical concoction. Safe to say, once you open the attachment on the email, (laughs) then You will receive your orgasm mailed to you in one to three days. Okay. This is for everyone. Anyone can download this month-long orgasm and truly experience what it is to not get a lot done in a month, to be honest. That's the one. There are some drawbacks
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: The future is here. The
0: future is here.